as a leader, you can learn all the techniques and the tactics and the strategies on how to do good performance review, how to hire better, what questions to ask, and how to you know have influential communication. So you can you can learn the techniques, but yep. if your mindset mm. is not there, if you don't really understand what leadership is about, and for me, it's like the mindset of my success as a manager depends on the success and performance of my team. Hi, and welcome to Helping People Perform, the podcast that gives you fascinating insights into those people whose chosen vocation is to help others perform at their best. From consultants to teachers, sports coaches to financial advisors, all of my guests share a passion for getting the most out of individuals, teams, and organizations. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Helping People Perform, where I talk to some amazing people whose chosen vocation in life is to help others perform at their best. Delighted to be joined today from Hamburg in Germany. We have author of Leading in VUCA Times, and if anybody's watching the video here, you'll see the uh, uh, picture of um, the book behind Evan's head here. But welcome to the show today, Evan Sivanakis. Welcome. Hey, Paul, how are you? Very good to be with you and nice to see you. Yeah, you too. An absolute pleasure to, to have you on the show here. And I'm looking forward to this. I think we're going to have some great chat and find out about what you do um, and what you do, you know, what the book's about, but also what you do in the world of consulting and advisory and coaching as well. So there's lots to, to get at in this episode. Um, so I hope the audience get a load out of it. So maybe let's kick off with tell us a bit a little bit about your backstory. What got you to where you are today? Yeah, and thank you for pronouncing my surname absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> Some people struggle. Um, uh, well, you know, I, I come from a very corporate background. You know, I, uh, when I finished high school, I studied in Switzerland. Then I went over to the UK. Right. I did my MBA in Leeds. Uh, I Leeds Beckett University. Uh, back then, I think it was, yeah, now it's called Leeds Beckett, but back then it was called the, the Leeds Met University. Right. Yep. And uh, after that, I lived in the UK and worked in the UK for 10 years. I started in sales. I became a team leader, manager, and then I ended up managing uh, two companies in the UK. Okay. Around 70 people. I was the managing director of the uh, Bristol office. I moved from from Leeds, from Leeds to down to Bristol, um, and I've also managed the, the, the office in Swindon. Right. And after that, I'm doing it for around 10 years. And I suppose at that time I had enough of the weather. You know, I <laughs> fancy a change. And I was, you know, and I was headhunted. And somebody said, you know, a recruiter headhunted. And you know, I said, do you want to go to Cyprus? Okay. And um, I looked at the weather and everything. And, you know, <laughs> it's like winter time. January is like average 20, 20 Celsius on average oh. in January, you know, like yeah. 20 days a month sunshine. So it wasn't really a hard decision. <laughs> no, it was, you know, it yeah. was a hard decision, but I moved and, um, and I've uh, helped a financial broker expand its uh, operations in Asia. Okay. I was the APAC director and uh, my last year I was with them for around six years. My last year, I was based out in Sydney, extensive travel in um, anywhere, if you can imagine them up from east, east anything, from India up until Australia. Yeah. Um, I was managing around 300 people, six offices. And then since 2017, I, um, I do learning and development. I do coaching and training. Um, when I kind of stopped um, 
you know, uh, 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 working as a practitioner, I suppose, right? As a manager, as a director. Right. I, um, I sat down for a few months and I thought, you know, what do I want to do next? Yeah. And then, so what, yeah, so yeah. what I do now, I work closely with, yes, I work closely with managers right. across various industries, C-suites, and um, through, personal, through personalized coaching and training programs, okay. I aim to equip them with the tools and strategies needed to lead effectively in today's rapidly changing environment. So what I do, my approach is I go in and I understand their unique challenge. Yep. And then using proven frameworks of coaching and training, I help them with their specific needs. Oh, brilliant. I mean, just, you know, that whole background, there's loads of stuff going on there and, and loads that I think we can learn from. Um, a couple of questions, you know, that I'd like to delve into a little bit was, you know, moving, you know, anyone who moves roles, there's two two elements to what you've done. You know, you've, you've moved roles a little bit within sort of employment, but you've also yeah. moved from being employed to being self-employed and, and going into that solopreneur world. We've also made that decision by the sounds of it a number of times to move countries, which is no small feat. I know this from experience. So what sort of um, advice, what sort of key le lessons did you take from those moves that you had? Any advice you would give people who are thinking of doing that or might be inspired to do it? Yeah. Um, great question. The first advice, I suppose, is to not to worry too much. I lived in eight different countries, and the more you move, the more you realize it's more or less the same, you know? Right. People are the same. The fundamentals of people, of honesty, trust, hard work, you know, yes, religion, climate, food change, but people are the same deep inside them. So right. don't worry too much. Um, be agile, you know, have an agile mindset, and it's easy for me to say, but, you know, you know don't stress too much. Um, and have patience, you know, it's mm. if you're moving to a different country, to a different culture, have patience, you know, understand what is happening and um, have that, you know, and you know, you need, you need patience, you know, when it comes, especially if you want to pivot your career, you really need patience to, to, you know, to kind of start again. And so agility, patience, and sometimes we worry too much about small things that, you know, at the end, it kind of evens out by itself. So agility and patience. Brilliant. Oh, I mean, great words of wisdom there. And I think there's a lot people can take from that in its own right. So, um, I mean, tell us a bit more then about you know, who you work with. So who do you help and how do you help them is the is the standard question of this podcast. Yes. So my typical client, as I say, as, as I would kind of describe, is anyone who works in a managerial position, middle management and up. Right. It could be a, a manager, department head, C-suite, uh, senior leadership, or a company founder. Okay. So those are the people I work with. And, you know, some of the needs, for example, yes, Evan, for example, yes, my sales are down. Can you help? Right. Right? VP of sales or even a CEO of a kind of a smaller company can come, come to me with it. So what I do, I will go in and I will do an assessment. And right. then I will propose a solution, specifically for this example. Sometimes people think it's a sales training program, but it's not. Sometimes we realize there's a motivational issue there right? Yeah. that we need to solve. Or something could be toxicity, could be competition, it could be something else. So the first thing I would do before, you know, I don't charge for this. I will do an assessment. I will propose you something. You agree, we move forward. You don't agree, no, no worries. Um, 
Another one, another example would be retention. Lately, employee retention is a really hot topic, especially with hybrid and remote work. Yeah. And especially with technology companies. I don't know why. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I, I, yes. Um, and, um, and again, retention problem, it's a solution. It's a long-term solution. It's, it's something that I, I will work with the, with the team and the person for around a year. Right. And we are looking at different things, why people leave, um, what's happening in the external environment, what's happening internally. And then maybe it could be leadership development. It could be, you know, engaging people. It could be all sorts of things. Yeah. And, what... um, and a good diagnosis, I think, is the most c- crucial part to yeah. find out exactly what's happening behind the scenes, in between the lines. Yeah, I think that's critical. I mean, certainly from my experience and from the, the, the clients I've worked with as well, quite often you'll be brought in with a, you know, almost like I'm buying this solution from you. And the true value is always in when you've done that due diligence, you've looked at what the actual problems are, what's sitting behind those problems. And I know it's a tricky thing, particularly if you're starting out early in your career as a solopreneur to say, you brought me in to do this, but I'm going to say no. <laughs> I think we should do this instead, and that's a. It can be a tricky conversation to have, um, particularly in the early stages in your career. Have you got any um, experience or advice in that space? Yes. Look, at the end of the day, the client that pays has, you know, it's their decision. Mm. You know, I, you know, so, but uh, you know, it, it's that's number one. Number two, it's the leader. The other party, ideally, they should have an open mindset, right? A, a growth mindset, you know, um, to listen what you have to say and to see things from their perspective. Mm. It's not always easy, um, and that's why it's important for the leader to really have an open mindset mm. and then to listen to what you have to say, to listen to your explanation, to look at the facts, to look at the figures, and to take it from there. Because, you know, when, when sometimes you, and there's nothing, it's not, it, 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 it doesn't mean the manager or the leader is wrong, but the, the issue sometimes is they are working, they are inside all of the yeah. time, yeah. and you come in from an outside point of view, you can spot the issue straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, that being too close to the, the challenges themselves and the assumptions that you make um when you've been in those roles as well you know i've certainly been on that side of the fence as well where you you're so stuck in the moment that you you can't step back and see where those issues are so yeah it's a huge value for people to get that advisory piece um and i mean tell us a little bit then as well you've got the book that you you've read about leading in vuca times tell right first and foremost um i I always get at least one of the vuca bits wrong so uh i'm going to throw it over to you to explain um what we mean by vuca in those those terms volatile uncertain complex ambiguous right i wrote the book when i started with the idea of writing the book when the first lockdowns came about around march 2020 right, right. remember around the world yeah, it was the yeah. first quarter of 2020 yes and i um finished it around a year ago okay and is um 40 chapters smaller kind of chapters of sharing my experiences, um, hybrid leadership, how to do performance reviews, what to do when your sales are down, 
um, leadership development, retention, company culture, the mistakes I've done, the lessons I've learned, and so on. So um, it's a book that uh, it gives, it gave me the opportunity to express and to share my experience and to hopefully support the people that read it, the managers that read it, in their leadership and management journey. Wonderful. And self-exploration, because this is what I believe. It's, 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 it's a self-exploration, you know, as a leader, as a manager. You are always exploring and learning about yourself, first of all. And I think that's the um, once you um, sort of, I wouldn't say give in, but you realize that the VUCA times aren't changing. In fact, they're getting more volatile, more uncertain. Um, then that is a mind shift that I see in a lot of managers where they go, do you know what? I can't, I can't change that from happening. What I can change is how I react. And that is, uh, it sounds like you've got some great tools and experience and, and techniques that people can use to put into practice for themselves. I can't wait to give it a read. Well, I believe, you know, that my, you know, the, it's, it's about the mindset exactly. You use the right terminology because it's like, you know, as a leader, you can learn all the techniques and the tactics and the strategies on how to do good performance review, how to hire better, what questions to ask, and how to, you know, have influential communication. So you can, you can learn the techniques, but yeah. if your mindset mm. is not there, if you don't really understand what leadership is about, and for me, it's like the mindset of, my success as a manager depends on the success and performance of my team. As a, another mindset, it could be that as a manager, it's my responsibility to help my team members develop and succeed. Mm. Um, so unless you have that mindset of what leadership is all about, and unless you really, unless this mindset comes from deep and you really believe it, mm. if you do that, the rest will come easy. Wonderful. Now, I think that's a that's a great little tip in its own right uh, for people to have a bit of self reflection and see where their mindset's actually at, and uh, if it if it's truly you know be honest with yourselves, and if it if it truly is in that service of others, then fantastic. Uh, but if it isn't, and you would like it to be, then reaching out to to people for coaching and support, reaching out to people like Evan and, and others, you know, that is where a huge amount of value comes in that will really leverage all the learning that you do later on as well. So, uh, yeah, doing, doing some great work there. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I, I believe, just, just to, to wrap this up about leadership, I can talk about it forever. You probably know <laughs> this. <laughs> so it's, can I. <laughs> it's, it, we are moving into a world where leaders exercise less authority and more influence. Right. So, it's, you know, delegation as a manager is really the mindset is getting things done by other people without exercising authority that's the trick mm. yeah so can you influence people to do what you want them to do that's the question yeah oh it's a it's a brilliant thing and i, I think you know particularly for people and managers who are taking that step from being in the team to leading the team you know that's the diff most difficult part for a lot of this so uh you know i do recommend um that people go out and have a look at the, the book and have a look at other uh, things that are out there and and really challenge yourself and, and get some uh, ref self-reflection first but you know this is where coaches and, and advisors really come into their own as well for for leveraging that and um, i love to ask my guests about what they do to help themselves perform so what are the things that you do that keep you on top of your game yes yeah, very funny i have a coach as well you know <laughs>
I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And for the reason that is that a coach will keep you accountable. And that's right. the biggest strength. Hmm. You have to do what you said you will do. You know, a book is great, but a book is left brain. You know, you put it down after a week, you're busy, you got it. Yeah. You take some things on it and you apply, but the biggest benefit of a coach is, is accountability. Mm. And that's what I Yeah. No, it's a, a yeah, it's been, I have a been coach as well. Yeah, it's been the biggest change in my life, uh, in my career, when you know actually getting some coaching conversations and uh, and really challenging your own thinking. And I think once you, it's that bit of once you've said to a coach, "This is what I'm going to do," then a good coach they you know, is going to hold you hold your feet to the fire and really make you accountable for those things as well. So fantastic, and challenge you and push you and bring yeah. you to the next level. Uh, and 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 you know, if you really want to be a champion in any sport, you need a coach. I mean, yeah. you can technically learn how to play tennis on YouTube and you go practice. Oh. But if you want to go to the next level, if you want to maybe compete a little bit regionally, it doesn't have to be nationally, yeah. but regionally, if you want to learn a little bit of technique, you need somebody to yeah. take you to the next level. Wonderful. Wonderful. And um, so maybe let, let me ask you this question. Then. If you, with the skill set and the experiences that you've got, who would you ideally want to help in terms of accelerating their performance? You mean, you want me to give you a name? It can be a name, it can be a type of person, it can be a business, whatever you, whatever comes to mind. Yes. I like to help, I get really excited by this kind of founders, SME business founders, right. that are very intelligent people. They are very intelligent people. You know, like really intelligent. They have great IT companies, engineering companies, but what they lack off is people skill. Right. Because then I don't like to put, to put people into boxes, right? But an IT person, engineer person, the mindset is different. And this is where when I listen to the problems, where I hear the challenges, I really want to go in and solve it. Right. Like, Retention, it's, and it's always about retention, culture, yeah. people management, leadership. Like they have great products, they have great ideas, really innovative, but they cannot get the things I suppose we get. Right. Right. We understand. And it's like, yes, I really want to help you. <laughs> um, when it comes to a name, I would like actually, I wish I had the opportunity, maybe I should try to reach him out, the CEO of um, the online e-commerce, Zappos. You know Zappos, okay, right, yep, I yep, suppose. Yep. Yes. Why, you might ask, mm. because they have this uh, management style which is called holacracy. I'm not right. sure if you heard the term. I've heard it's, about what uh, they do there. It's fantastic stuff, isn't it? I don't know if that, that's what I want to find out. Right. Because I also know the Lausanne Business School in Switzerland, they adopted the same thing, but they dropped it a couple of years later. Right. So it's, it's basically it's a leaderless structure, right? Yeah. Which allows, uh, allows um, immediacy in time and uh, promotes flexibility and individualization, I suppose, right? Yeah. But I want to find out how much does it work, how much does it work, it works. What are the challenges? What are the benefits? What would you change? And so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And that's the thing, you know, I, I'll often talk to people about um, if you just try and copy and paste 
somebody else's culture, somebody else's approach. It, it, there's always one or two things that you're missing that you know needs to be adapted for your organization before you adopt it. Um, and I think that's where a lot of uh, businesses, organizations, individuals miss out is they go, here's the tool that I'm going to copy and paste, but I haven't got either the mindset or the uh, the supporting pieces behind it yeah. or, or the, the, the structure, something about what makes that work that is less visible than the rest. If you want my opinion, is like culture, right? Mm. Also personal culture. And, and not, the, the best way, you cannot understand your own culture unless you study others. Right. Yeah. You know, like, like, like you know what I mean? Like, have you lived in another country? Have you seen how other companies do it? Yeah. And then you will understand your culture, which you thought you understood by studying yeah. others. Yeah. No, it's a, it, I mean, it's such a great and easy and generally free approach that leaders can take, isn't it? By just going to a different organization and saying, look, I'd love to come and see how you do things so I can learn and maybe let's reciprocate and you can come and learn from me. Um, I think that that's a, you know, a tool in the, in the, in the toolkit that people have that they don't generally think about, but yeah, it's a, it's a great one. Um, maybe I, I could ask you the, the flip side of that. Maybe you've started asking, answering this question anyway, but is if you could sit down and have a drink, have a coffee, have a meal with somebody yeah. that you think <laughs> you could learn from that would really up your game, who would you want that to be? Yeah. Can I, can I uh, share with you a story that already happened? Please do. That, that, that question. I once had a chance, we were in an audience, and the people there, it was Rolling Stone. Okay. Right? It was back in the UK. So I was lucky to be there to listen what they have to say. And it was about marketing and how they do things. And, um, and I don't know, it was like 15 years ago. I don't remember. It was Mick Jagger there. It was all there, right? And they had yeah. some of the pro of their marketing people there and the product people. And I, 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 you know, I was brave enough to raise my hand. And I asked the question. I said, what, what, what excites me when I see you is like, how many performances in your life have you done? You know, mm. online, offline, they don't even know thousands, maybe a million. But I said, every time you come on stage, it's like you do it for the first time. Yeah. The excitement, the energy. And I said, why and how? <laughs> and I don't remember who answered, but he said, First of all, he said two way, two reasons. He said, first of all, because we enjoy doing it. Mm. And number two, he said, because we respect the audience. They paid the ticket to be here today. So we need to make sure they're having a, right, a, a nice time. Brilliant. And I was shocked by the answer because at that level, they can be whoever they want to be. They don't care. You know mm. what I mean, like, if you don't like it, go home. Yeah. But the mentality of, you know, of th that mentality of you pay the ticket, I respect you, I want you to have a nice time, it kind of blew me away. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I think those um, those individuals, and I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of ACDC and the likes of those yeah. guys who, you know, even at the age they're at now, they are giving it their all. And it's that element of it might be my thousandth time, but for the audience member, and it might just be one of the audience members out there, that's the first time, and this will be the magic exactly. moment in their life. And that's, a, exactly. I think that's a great mindset to take 
into any organization as well, isn't it? And no matter what you've done a thousand times, whoever's receiving that service product, whatever it is, that might be their first time. And so treat, treat that with respect. That's lovely. And how do you say this, Paul? And I think you need to, to genuinely, you know, as a manager, to go back to that context, you need to genuinely like to work with people. Mm. And I don't mean being an introvert or an extrovert. There are some people that don't really enjoy working with others. Mm. They prefer to sit down and code or design or yeah. do something. And if you're not this kind of person, it doesn't mean you're wrong. No, it's, mm. that's how you are. You will struggle to manage and lead. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Um, so it would be sitting down with the likes of Mick Jagger or, or one of the Rolling Stones and get, getting a maybe continuing that conversation you had. Yeah, hopefully. Who knows? <laughs> Don't even know how old they are now. <laughs> anyway. Oh, fantastic. Well, um, yeah. and so finally then, Evan, if people want to reach out, if they want to find out more, where can they go firstly to find the book and where do they go to reach out and connect with you? Look, you can do everything by connect with me on LinkedIn. Yep. I've got a book. The link is there. Evan Zivanakis. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. I like it. I post. I comment. So if you uh, would like to connect, if you listen to this and you would like to connect, please type my name on LinkedIn, Evan, E-V-A-N-T-Z-I, and I will come up and uh, I'll be happy to connect with you and start a conversation if you like brilliant stuff and we'll make sure the the links are in the show notes as always and like i say in so many of my uh, episodes as well i do encourage people to take people up on this you know when you when people come on podcasts and they put themselves out there it's not so that they can then step back in into the background and uh, and live their life they, they want to connect and uh, and yeah so do reach out to Evan. I'm sure you will not uh, regret it one little bit. I've certainly enjoyed the conversations we've had so far and long may they continue. Um, and so just a huge thanks for sharing all your stories and insights today. Uh, and thanks for being on the show today, Evan Sivanakis. Pleasure was mine. Thank you for having me, Paul. Cheers. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, then please give the podcast a rate, review and share. I'm Paul Teasdale. And from sausage making to banking, oil and gas to Formula One, I help people perform. If you'd like to find out more and have a conversation, contact me via helpingpeopleperform.com.